And just to steal another bit from Rev, the UAC is the SoCon if it were on Wish.com. <laughs> podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your hosts Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Jamie Williams. FCS Fans Nation get ready to rev it up we are ready for week zero and thank you so much for joining us this morning afternoon or evening the podcast is in week by week mode we are so excited to be back through your airwaves likely in your car and we are joined right now matthew frazy jamie williams and the rev the one only dustin helton coming in to help us out we discussed uh, the amazing promotions and real-life things that matter. Uh, things for Mr. Kyler Neal, for myself and Jamie. So we might have some rotational guests. And um, one of our frequents will be Mr. Dustin Held in the Red. We are so excited to have him rocking some outstanding red incarnate word gear tonight. Rev, man, I'll let you have the floor. Introduce yourself, Utah Tech. Introduce yourself and uh, just tell the world what you're ready for for here for work, week zero in the FCS. Yeah, so for those of you watching this on YouTube, you can see I am not Kyler Neal uh, tonight. But uh, no, you guys have all probably met me at the national championship or at least seen me uh, come on, watch the other podcasts, the now named uh, around the United Athletic Conference or around the UAC show. But uh, no, glad to come in, glad to help out. I will do my best to be Kyler, so I brought extra beer and hate. So I think I'm ready to do the When you combine those things, you can be the true Eastern Eagle that is uh, Kyler Neal. And Mr. Williams, um, it's good to see you for a second week in a row. You know, those are long stretches in the offseason, buddy. And you actually get to watch a little bit of college football this upcoming weekend. Um, you ready to go? You excited for this thing? I am ready to go. It's it's time to actually talk about games on the schedule. We're not talking about realignment and all this other mess. There are games on the schedule. Unfortunately, nobody ranked this week, uh, at least in the top 25 poll. Of course, I rank everybody. So my teams that are <laughs> ranked are playing, um, although uh, – Mercer is ranked, so that is that is uh, a false statement right off the bat. They're number 20 in the, the stats poll, so um, looking forward to some uh, getting my feet wet with some football this morning or this weekend, and I got my Eastern hat on in honor of Mr. Kyler Neal, who cannot make it tonight, uh, but you'll see him throughout. And if you want to know more about the Rev, he was the scary bunny at the <laughs> National Championship game, and – Check his Twitter bio if you want to know my other nickname for him. <laughs> yeah, Too good. That, Too good. One of the many friends we make down there in the um, beautiful Rainbow Row that is uh, at Frisco, Texas. So, guys, uh, I don't think we need to delay anymore. For the first time, I think it's time to get in some big questions. But before we do, we did have some amazing friends that started up a few cool businesses or some that have done so in the past, and they really wanted um, – to be aligned with us and we want to be aligned with them. So we do have some pretty outstanding sponsors that we'd love to share with you guys. And uh, this is one of our two that we'll be having for the, for the season. And uh, we hope you guys support these businesses as much as we do. FCS fans, are you ready for some exciting sports predictions that could take your game day experience to a whole new level? Well, hold on to your jerseys because I've got something you're going to love. I would like to introduce you to the Versus Sports Simulator your ultimate game changer when it comes to sports predictions. Now I know FCS football might not have betting like some other sports, but that doesn't mean we don't still enjoy the fun of simulating hypothetical FCS matchups, right? With Versus Sports Simulator, you get access to accurate predictions for FCS college football games. Imagine being able to dive into detailed insights about upcoming matchups and making your game day predictions even more exciting. You're not just guessing anymore, you're strategizing. Versus was nearly 75% accurate on all FCS games last season. But here's the kicker. 
pun intended, versus Sports Simulator isn't limited to FCS football predictions. If you're a fan of any sport, from college football to the NFL, this is your golden ticket. By subscribing, you're unlocking the potential to make smart betting decisions based on tried and tested math-based predictions. And here's the touchdown pass. I've got a special treat for you exclusively as a loyal listener of our podcast. Use the promo code FCSFANSNATION when you sign up on VersusSportsSimulator.com and you'll score an incredible 20% off your subscription. You heard that right. Just head over to VersusSportsSimulator.com, create your account, and enter the promo code FCSFANSNATION at checkout. So whether you're ready to elevate your FCS game day experience or you're eager to take your bets to the next level with predictions for other sports, Versus Sports Simulator has you covered. It's like having a crystal ball for sports, only it's backed with real data and expertise. Remember, promo code FCSFANSNATION is your key to a 20% discount. So what are you waiting for? Let's make every game day count with Versus Sports Simulator. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Versus Sports Simulator. Uh, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And with that, gentlemen, they are a big deal. Everything's a big deal when you go into FCS football. Let's get into the Big Seven. The top seven FCS topics of the week. This is the Big Seven. All right, gentlemen, we've got some big uh, hosting going on tonight. So let's get into the big questions for the FCS football season. Week zero coming up. A lot of our questions tonight, they're pretty outstanding, and they revolve more on the broad topics of what's going to happen throughout the season. By the way, if you don't nail every one of your predictions in pre-week zero podcast, you are fired from the show, and uh, we're, we just can't have you on here anymore. So likely this podcast doesn't exist next year, but we'll see how it goes. We'll start it off. Just uh, after week two. Oh, yeah, week two would be screwed. Thompson's <laughs> taco bets really prove that there might not be as much uh, intellect here as we think there is. Uh, but we're going to start, guys, with a great question from a great fan here from Mr. Derek Kamena. Uh, Derek, if I butcher your last name, everyone who knows this, listening to this podcast for seven seasons, know I will butcher names all season long. Don't take it personal. I think I got Derek right, though. So Derek wants to know which team from last year will drop off the most and who rises up the most with a turnaround year. Great question. And Jamie, I got to punt to you right off the bat, because when you rank all 127 teams, you've got to have some thoughts here. Who's going to rise? Who's going to fall, my man? Yeah, right off the bat, let's start with a positive of who I think is going to rise. And they're going to be kind of a theme in a couple of my answers, and that's going to be the Central Arkansas Bears. If Nathan Brown is any kind of a coach, that team can win the UAC. And I'm just stepping right into the UAC because we've got the rev. And I really believe in that team. I believe that they are ready to uh, take the next step, uh, make the playoffs, maybe even make a little bit of a run. As far as teams that are going to fall off, I mean, there's three or four, uh, but the obvious one to me is Fordham. Uh, Tim DeMorad is not there anymore. Uh, so they've got – and obviously their uh, Greek receiver is not there either. So they've got a lot of retooling to do, and I, I don't expect much from them in the, the Patriot League. And then Jackson State with all their um, turmoil, coach leaving and half the team and just a lot of turnover – I just don't. That's I don't see that as a, a one-loss team this year, um, and it might be one loss after this week zero for them. So, uh, off the cuff, those are those are a couple to not just rattle off everybody. I'll, you know, leave some teams for y'all to talk about too. Well, it, it seems like it's just because I'm wearing the shirt, and maybe I get nervous now. But uh, like when you think about Central Arkansas, there they're going to travel to Fargo and NDSU. Not um probably not on par with SDSU this year, but still a top five team. How do you think that game plays out even, or at least what does your gut tell you how competitive that game will be in terms of like 31-17, 24-17, a more of a blowout? Like that's really kind of your, how much of a turnaround are we looking at from a five and six season? Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to give the Bison one hell of a game. I'm not, you know, I'm not in the business of saying right now that uh, they're going to go out there and beat the Bison, but they're going to give them a game. Uh, we're going to find out what NDSU is about in that game, too. Uh, do they still have the tough run defense that they've always had? Because Central Arkansas is coming in with not just one, but two stud running backs. Mm. So to get any balance on the passing game, and and that they can give you fits. And then on the defensive side, Walker's going to make the uh, Cam Miller have a long day. So it's it's Ken, you know, the guys up front for NDSU as usual. Uh, 
grind out, you know, the run game and uh, protect Cam Miller. I, I know you've kind of had some turnover there, but it's an issue with the offensive line. I don't think that's going to be a big issue, but they're going to get really tested in that game, and it's going to be a good, fun game to watch. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Rev, um, you rev it up with some predictions here, man. I'm going to use that pun all the time. I will not <laughs> stop. Just turn off the podcast if you hate it because it's it's going to go all year. Um, what do you think, man? Who's our risers and our fallers? Yeah, so Jamie took the obvious one I was going to go with with Central Arkansas. I mean, because of the one-two pun with Powell and Hayes, the fact that, you know, they've got a great quarterback in Will McElveen and their defense is top-notch. It's really hard to want to pick against North Dakota State and Fargo, but if anyone can give the Bison a test early in the season, it's going to be Central Arkansas. The problem last year was that they just couldn't put it together. They had some great wins, but then they also lost to Lindenwood 52 to 49. So it's, you know, it's just one of those things you don't know what you're going to get. It's the Jekyll and with them. Um, a team I think is going to be better. I don't know if I would put them. I think they're going to be outside of the playoff field. But one to look at is actually at Utah will be a much will be a, a, an improved team this year. I, you know, the United is pretty, I don't want to say stacked because it's not like a great conference, but the parity there is pretty tight. And I think you could see them, you know, get in get in and be a third place team, maybe even knock on knock on the door of getting an at-large bid just dependent upon what happens with Austin P, what happens with UCA, you know, what happens with Kentucky. Um Delaney Fitzgerald is, you know, turning that program around. And I think getting out of the big sky and getting into the you know, Wax Sun slash United is probably the, one of the best moves that, that they made um, as, as a program. Um, a school that I a school I think may not be as good as, as folks um, say they are, and, and I may be wrong for this. I hope I'm wrong because I was wrong about Incarnate Word last year, which is why I'm wearing this hat. As, oh, as no. You're going to go? Tenet. <laughs> but you're gonna pay for this one uh i'm going against idaho oh Idaho! i'm going against idaho and it's it's just look at you know look at them last year look at their i mean even look at their playoff performance against southeastern louisiana who honestly was not a better a better football team i just wonder if they have the sfa effect that sfa had last year sfa was everybody's oh, top 10 so don't beat? put Jamie and I under that right now. Come I, on, Kyler. We deserve it. Kyler yeah, gives us like, enough of that. No, I'm not calling you out. Sam Herter had him. I had him. Everybody had them, right? And you know they. And it's just Idaho, sort of, kind of in that same thing. Although Eck is such a good coach, they've got Giovanni McCoy there. Like, but you just have to wonder too. Like, are they getting the benefit of who they beat last year, or who even better, who they lost to in close, uh, close games? So I don't know um, if you want an early hot take. That's my early hot take. So sorry, Vandal fans. Love you guys. Your dome does look like half a beer can, but I don't know. It's just it's just one of the things that. And I, and I will say, I did not pay Dustin to call out for Southern Utah. Y'all know I was going to say, is this a, Gerald is my guy. Did, did you guys um, DM yeah. before this? Like, what, no, what's going no, on here? he came up with that on his own, but it's it's not a bad pick. That's a team to watch. They have a terrible opening schedule with mm. two. Um, FBS games in at UC Davis. Um, but after that, getting into league play, that should be a good team. They've got a quarterback, Justin Miller, who is very good. Uh, they had a linebacker, and uh, Coach Fitzgerald's probably going to yell at me uh, after this because I can't think of his name that actually um, was a nominee for the Jerry Rice Award last year. Very young defense, but um, you know it's a team that's definitely coming along. So that's, that's, a, that's a great call uh, by Rev there, and I, I, I hope it comes true because – you know, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that Coach Fitzgerald is my guy. Well, good insights there. And our next question really kind of sticks within that realm, guys, a little bit, is people want to know what's going on. Matt Bernhardt with a question. Matt, thanks so much for, number one, like you know, your name is just top-notch, but just uh, just a great Montana State fan and a great guy to have on the page. We appreciate everything you do. Even your trolling is good. It's always in good nature. So, uh, what currently unranked team is most likely to make the playoffs at an at-large? Matt wants to know. So this one's really intriguing to me because I think when I look on Twitter, there's some hefty debate uh, in between some of these teams that are right in that 22 to receiving vote range. And Rev, I mean, I'll, I'll let you kick into it to, to maybe throw some spice, some hot takes out there. Who do you think can actually get in even though they're not getting the respect right now? 
the easy the easy answer is Central Arkansas, but I think Central Arkansas is going to win the conference, and so that's not going to be an at-large bid. So if you're looking for an at-large bid, even out of the United, I think it's Austin P. I don't with Eastern Kentucky. I think they're kind of getting some of the love too. I mean, they've still got a lot of their weapons, but they lost a lot on the defensive side of the ball um, too. So I, I think Austin P could be, or even even Southern Utah, if they run out the rest of their schedule, those first two games kind of you know sharpens them up. I would I would say it's really easy to look at at the United. And yeah, that's a homer pick because it's the conference my team plays in. But again, the parity there it's so tight that anyone anyone who could finish second in that conference get a second bid. I mean, they're not ranked at the time, so going there is an easy answer uh, to get. Nice. Okay. Very cool. And uh, I'm wondering if Youngstown is going to pop up here in in people's minds. Like Jamie, are you going to pull the trigger on the Penguins here, or or what? Is this, is they, this they were they were in my mind. Um, and actually, on Austin P, it's like that is one of the teams in my mind that I've had a really hard time with because they've got a really good quarterback, Mike Delillo, who's very good, you know, kind of popped early last year. But they lost a lot of guys to the FBS, so I'm just not sure there. It's one of those teams that they could definitely, you know, be right there at the bubble like they were last year. So I, I'm not going to go there, but I, I'm not going to go Youngstown, but I'm going to stay in the Valley. And I'm going to go with Southern Illinois. Because that's a team that I just am not sure about. Again, there's a lot of teams in that, like you said, Matt, 22 to the receiving votes that have flaws, and that's why they're where they are. But I really think that Southern Illinois might be one of those teams that starts to make some noise again after a couple of years. Um, and I know we like to shout out Jeremiah Rash all the time. He's a very, very muted fan, but he is very undercover excited about this team. So I, I kind of feel like they might have something. And when a guy like that, who's really very mild and is like hope, usually hopeful, has a little bit more of an expectation above what we all think, I try to listen to that. So I'm going to say Southern Illinois uh, is a team that could jump in there and uh, um, strengthen an already strengthening Valley after a little bit of a down year last year, not to uh, crap on another question later or preview anything. <laughs> hey, I'd be happy for Jeremiah. I, I got a question for both you guys. What – how come Chattanooga is not getting anything? I I'm confused by the Chattanooga thing. Am I missing something in terms of a transfer out a coach thing? Because when I look at them last year, I'm looking at two losses, a four point loss to Furman, who everybody thinks is going to be great this year, you know, losing 11 points to Samford, who was a good team last year. And then, you know, they lost by three at the end against Western Carolina, which is the reason they, you know, they ended up not in the playoffs. They destroyed Mercer. They put the woodshed to Mercer. And all I hear about is Mercer still because of recruiting classes or whatever it is. How come Chattanooga isn't getting that same love? What, what's the reasoning here? What am I missing with the uh, Mercer has a lot of players coming back. Most of their defense. Um, they've got Carter Peavy at quarterback, who I need to see more from him. Uh, he played okay as a freshman uh, in the uh, spring season. Um, actually led them to five wins in the conference. Um, but then Fred Payton played the last two years. But they've got two stud receivers. We'll talk about we may talk about them later, so we won't uh, go any further than that. Two absolute studs, one of which, or maybe both, will be finalist or well semifinalist uh, for the Peyton Award. I, um, they've it, got two studs. I'll give you, go ahead, Matt. No, 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 don't Con continue because I was going into transition mode. Hey, okay. we're about to hit week zero, so you know, you know, yeah. it was coming off the off season a bit. Yeah, yeah, but you know, a lot of. A lot of good players returning to Mercer. I, I'm high on them. I didn't have them ranked uh, just because I, I want to see a little bit more from them. Uh, they've just been that extra team. But from Chattanooga's standpoint, they don't have a quarterback who's thrown a pass in the college game yet. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have a very, very good defense, but we don't know what to expect from their offense, although they do have Island Ford at running back who could bring them along and let that quarterback learn. So – I have them ranked right there in, in the end of my, my rankings. So they're there, but it, are they better than Mercer? Because uh, that's where your bubble's going to lie. Yeah, it should be fun to see. Everyone's always like, hey, that guy, he tries to rank 127 teams. How does he do that? You just heard reasons why he does that. So in terms of that flawless transition, you were like, well, there might be some guys we're going to discuss. Probably now is the time because Mr. Tim Rask has a question for us here. He wants to know, who are some of your picks for the top individual stats, passing yards, rushing yards, touchdown sacks, tackles, et cetera, this year? So we're looking into the Walter Paytons. We're looking in the Buck Buchanans. We're looking in the big awards here. Um, 
Uh, you got them on the tip of your tongue there, Williams. You might as well throw some of them out there. Who are your guys you are, have the radar on? And I'd love to hear if Rev is thinking the same thing. Yeah, well, I'm going to let Rev go first because I know he's done some research. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss this one to Rev and uh, Ooh, let him uh, throw out some names first. Yeah, so I'm going to give you just just by position who I think my top three. Who end up when you do like an end of the season ranking, you look at the top three at each position. Looking offensive wise, it's going to be you know I, one of these three is going to be in the final. It's going to be Theo Day, uh, Giovanni McCoy, or uh, Zach Calzada from uh, Incarnate Word, who was the A&M transfer quarterback that came in when he was the starting quarterback at A&M. He did beat Alabama. He has an arm. He can play the game, and it's just you know in that way the Southlands. We should say the Southland because there's no D in that conference. And the way that they rack up stats, it's really easy to look at a Carnot Word uh, quarterback to be uh, there. Uh, running backs, we've already touched on Shadarek Powell. I mean, he's a beast. Um, we got also two Jaden Sheridan out of Monmouth. Had an incredible year last year. I think he's one to definitely take a look at. You got Geno Hess out of SEMO. He's coming back. Um, I think they're going to easily just run through that joke of a conglomeration that they have with the big south and obc um and not to leave off isaiah davis i mean he's one that everybody's going to think about with south, uh, south dakota state um but the receivers the one i want to touch on we talked about mercer i want to talk about devron and harper so mercer's got two they got ty james and they've got harper so what what i didn't realize this last year and i should have but harper when you look at his stats he had 10 uh receiving touchdowns right which was you know a great double digit year then he had another four rushing touchdowns. Um, and then he also had a kick return touchdown and a punt return touchdown. I don't can't think of anybody who had a year like that, that they were so utilized in many different facets. And that's to Jamie's point why I think, you know, you're going to see Mercer on that bubble versus Chattanooga. It's, it's play like that. Um, I don't want to take all the offensive ones away, but those are the ones I would look at, um, you know, uh, in terms of leading, leading the stats and being up there in the conversations. And, and, and I think you'll see, you know, most of these names in the Walter Payton finalists because they just have the ability to produce the numbers. Yeah. Will we, Jamie? Uh, Will we see them? Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a lot of those guys. And I, I, that's, I wanted, you know, to hear Rev's thoughts there. I knew he had done a little bit of research and really hit on some, some solid uh, selections. Um, as far as me passing yards, uh, let's go back to the guy last year, Michael Hires, Sanford. Um, that he brings back a couple of his his receivers. Uh, he's got his running back, so that should be another high octane offense with him. Very talented guy who kind of got overlooked um, in his recruiting cycle and uh, wound up uh, taking a lesser uh, scholarship and then transfer transferring to Sanford, I believe. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, I think uh, since uh, Rev hit on a lot of guys. I'm going to stay out east. Um, and two guys from William & Mary, John Pias or Puya, I'm not sure how you say his name. I've heard it both ways. And Nate Lynn, um, both of them studs on that solid William & Mary defense that uh, forgot to show up out in out in the West at, at the uh, end of the season last year. But if you watch the whole season, uh, both of those guys really dominated their levels of the defense. So those are a couple of guys you're looking for. And uh, at Furman, uh, Blackshear, their uh, defensive back uh, is really a shutdown guy. Uh, that basically Revis Island. Think about Revis Island. Think about guys like that to take away half the field. Uh, don't throw in his direction. So those are some of the guys on defense um, uh, outside of um, hires on offense. But I don't know. I, I left a lot of guys out, and that wasn't intentional. But that just tells you that there's a very high level of talent in the FCS that I don't know that we've seen before. But we've always had a couple of guys who really popped, you know, your Trey Lance guys who are just over and above everybody else. Even going back to somebody like a Joe Flacco who played at Delaware shortly after I left school. Elite. Uh, but elite level talent. And, and there's still elite level talent, but there's not that drop off to the next tier anymore. It's getting closer. The FCS is still uh, growing and it's still good football, especially with all the mess that's going on at the, at the level above. So look for a lot, a lot of good, good players uh, in the next over the season outstanding stuff and we're looking forward to watching these guys put up huge numbers in this upcoming season it's going to be a lot of fun a conference which typically puts up huge playoff participants is going to be your missouri valley conference mr adam peterson good to see you adam i just love recognizing these names from past years i hope your summer was great my man uh he wants to know 
with the Missouri Valley Football Conference having a down year last year, do you see the conference doing better this year? And what's the prediction top bottom of the Valley? Looking a little bit back into that Missouri Valley, they only had three teams make the playoffs last season. Now, I saw under Adam's uh, some comments towards Adam uh, underneath. They were all nice, but they all basically said, well, the matchup was Valley versus Valley, so what's a down year, right? But looking beyond it, it's Adam's a smart man. He's thinking how I was thinking when I read his question. You know, the Valley had six teams in the playoffs in 2021, had five in 2020, five in 2019, three in 2018. So the last time they only had three was 2018. Now, they've also won four of the five championships in the last years because of the Dakotas, and we all know SDSU was a runner-up in the 2020 spring season, the year they didn't win the Natty. So in terms of championship you know, top tier, they're there, but teams last year were not into the field. What do you think, Rev? You always provide just such good insight more than just, well, the Valley's good and the Dakotas will win. And blah, 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 blah. So tell us about the Valley. Kyler's higher on it this year. You're not, Kyler. What do you think? Well, so look, if you're using playoff teams as a metric here, look at the CAA. They had, what, five in last year and only one made it past the second round. And that was the team that was seeded. So I don't know if that's the real metric you want to use when you're talking about a conference being up or down. Now, I think this year, you know, obviously you're going to have the Dakotas up there. Northern Iowa is one that they have a very favorable schedule. And by favorable in that, I mean that they get to play South Dakota State on Hobo Day in Brookings, and that is always the where we used to see the South Dakota State stumble would be a game like that. And if they do that, if they beat South Dakota State, that's going to vault them to the top of the conference, potentially into a seeded sort of uh, look when you get to the playoffs because the rest of their schedule, I mean, they, they're going to run through. So I think, I, I mean, I think your top three are the Dakotas, you and I. I want Southern Illinois to do well. I'm a fan of the Sokolukis. I want them to, you know, I was high on them last year and then they just fell apart. So I'm hoping they can keep it together as well. Um, you know, but I, that that's easily your, your top four. Youngstown State lost a lot. And I know people are still high on them, but I don't know with losing, uh, what was there, McLaughlin, was the running back was McLaughlin, I think his name. And, Jalen McLaughlin, yeah. Uh, you know, they lost him and he was such a potent weapon on that offense that I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not as high on them as everybody else is, but I've been wrong many, many times before. Yeah. I think there's, there are definitely are this, you know, this isn't mind blowing information, but it is those teams like Youngstown state and the UNIs, whether they're going to hit this year to be put into the field or not. And then you look at other conferences, Jamie, you've talked about how you feel like the SoCon is going to be really, really good, really improved. The CAA probably still gets their respect. Big sky's not going anywhere in terms of teams. So if other conferences continue to elevate or have teams with only one loss on weaker schedules, two losses, it's going to push the Valley out a bit. So you need teams like your Illinois States and your, you know, previously uh, Southern Illinois to actually step it up this year, but there's only so much to eat. You know, someone's going to get, end up with six wins, seven wins, and they might be in or out. The rest of the field is going to determine a lot, but in terms of its strength, in terms of returning classes and who's coming back, it should be an improved conference in terms of competitiveness across the board. Jamie, do you see it that way? Or um, I, I really like Rev's whole idea and method of like, hey, it's a bad metric to just go off playoff teams. Like how strong are the teams? And there are a lot of outside factors there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Valley is going to be much stronger this year. Um, obviously, you've got South Dakota State at the top. They're the tier by themselves when it's usually North Dakota State that's the tier by themselves. The Bison are still going to be good. I mean, there's no, you know, there's all these, you know, skies falling for North Dakota State from a lot of people. And I, I do think they're going to take a step back. I think they might finish third this year in the conference because I think Northern Iowa is that good. I think North Dakota is pretty good. I think Youngstown State is good. I think South Illinois is very good. And then can Illinois State take a step forward and kind of be a little less inconsistent? So that's kind of where I'm looking. Um I know you've got the bottom feeders, but every conference has their bottom feeders. But the Valley should be much stronger. They're not going to just get three teams this year. And the good news for the Valley and the CAA and the Big Sky and even the SOCON is that the WAC and uh, the A-Sun have become one conference. The Big South and the OVC have become one conference. So you got two extra at-large bids, and they're probably going to go to those that fifth-place team in the Valley, that sixth-place team in the Valley, that fourth place team in the CA. So 
as long as these teams can perform, you're going to see more than three. And I do see a big time jump for some of these teams that were a little younger last year and that just were a little bit more consistent that like stat around that 500, you'll see a couple of those teams jump and uh, really make a run. Uh, should be fun to watch. I, uh, it was, it was great last year when uh, the SDSU fans, Ben came over and he goes, Hey Matt, some of the, some guys over in our sections were mentioning some of the X factor players, how they're performing, which you guys mentioned on your podcast, just random fans over in our section. And when you're at a tailgate and you just mentioned how there's like two more at larges because conferences have combined, you must be someone who listens to the FCS fans nation podcast. It's clear as day. You listen to Jamie and the Rev and these smart humans that make me sound like I know what I'm talking about. But a man who does know what he's talking about is Mr. Mike Bear right here because he is in the news for our next question. And he wants to know, how do you think conference realignment and FBS will impact the FCS in the near future? Um, it, I'm sure nobody heard, but there is realignment going on in college football. It's actually a real thing. Uh, so with that... What do you think, Rev? Um, you like to make fun of Bison fans because we're never getting an invite. At this point, I just agree. Um, but you're actually more in the, I would say, geographical location, and especially for your podcast and the teams you, you talk about, of where impacts through CUSA and some other things could happen. And right now, of course, we have the Pac-4 deciding what they want to do. They're thinking about combining with the AAC way out on the East Coast or revamping with the Mountain West. There's lots of factors here. Do you think we are far from the end of the impacts on the FCS here? I don't know. I'm torn on this a little bit. And the reason why is with the uh, Mountain West instilling that fee to leave, that's going to keep teams in the conference, right? And I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to turn around and go for somebody like Sacramento State or UC Davis and, you know, I mean, try to bring somebody up like that. If you see, so I don't think that movement is going to be as impactful to the FCS. When you want to see movement that impacts FCS, you want the smaller conferences to, to have teams move. You want to see folks go from CUSA up to the AAC or from the Sun Belt up to the AAC or even from CUSA to the Sun Belt because the Sun Belt isn't the junk it was 10 years ago, right? It's, it is a much better conference. Um, it's the premier conference of the uh, next group down, just uh, <laughs> so you know. Yeah, We're going to like make it in New Year's Six Bowl soon once yeah, we're eligible. Like, <laughs> but like the, the point here is that I don't I don't think this Pac-12 collapsing is as impactful because of the other factors that are going on at the F level. I just think you're going to see those teams move or combine into another conference. Um, honestly, at that level of football, there shouldn't be conferences anymore. Like, let's just be honest. It's just a big conglomeration of power teams who want to make money and they're going to break off from CA or from the NCAA. I honestly think we're at another point like where we were in 1977, 1978, where you're going to see more, you're going to see another split happen, right? Where the G5 is going to gonna not even get scraps from the power, whatever conference left, power four, power three, however many are left. And then you're going to see them at that point go down to FCS either as a whole entire conference, which is grab the top teams, the Montanas, the, 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 the uh, XDSUs, and try to bring them up to try to fill a gap. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't see this being such a big. Uh, I, I just don't see the, the the conference of champions being a as impactful to SCS. But I also think we're basically back where we were 35 years ago. Yeah, it definitely feels like an odd time, and and I I couldn't agree more with you, Rev. I think one of the best things I've heard, and this is so far from you know coming true, I guess for now is really AFC and NFC of college football, ESPN and Fox. You know, CBS and Fox own AFC and NFC. And, you know, Big Ten SEC could be blank and blank, and each network owns one, and that is the big thing. Um, that's, you know, down-the-line stuff. But in terms of let's stick to, like, the FCS specifically, if you wanted a true, like, feeling of gutting of the FCS where you're like, whoa, away it goes – the only last shot I would say right now where that exists is if the Mountain West somehow becomes part of that Pac-12. That's it. If like seven, eight teams, six, seven teams from the Mountain West hop on over and become Pac-12 through all that money and chaos and legalities, that opens up the Mountain West to go on absolute life support. And like an NDSU, SDSU, others, 
a conference is going to have to be desperate to take them. And that would put them in a scenario just like Kennesaw and Jacksonville State and some of these others. That's the desperation hour. Um, besides that, you might not see many impacts. So, Jamie, your team's there. You guys ended up being almost in the position where you were in the position where they were actually fighting for you when things were chaotic. So you've seen this happen. What do you think with this uh, realignment? Yeah, I don't think it's as dire, like Rev said, for the FCS because it's really at the highest level of college football. And I think you've got to see what's going to happen in the American. I think they're going to try to get coast to coast and maybe try to grab a couple teams. Is the ACC going to expand? But I know from a Sunbelt standpoint, I don't see any of our Sunbelt teams going anywhere uh, to a team, and things can change. Of course, something can change tomorrow. But all of the schools individually have said they love where they are, the regionality is what we're going for. So I could see as things fracture, could the Sun Belt add a couple, maybe from the AAC, like an Eastern Carolina, even I've heard Army Navy, and then maybe like a UAB to balance the other side. And then that's when you could see a little bit. But how many FCS teams are really able and ready to make the jump? I mean, we even looked at Sam Houston. Were they ready? No. But they went. So, I mean, you're thinking about a Delaware, UC Davis, Sac State, the Montanas, the Dakota States. As far as teams that are actually potentially ready to make that jump, but do they want to? And maybe they do, maybe they don't. But I don't think this upper level of the upper crust is really going to trickle down to the FCS immediately. So let's see what happens in that G6 as things start to settle down in the next year. And then maybe we'll ask that the same question this time next year. There'll be a lot more clarity to that. And we can see, is anything going to happen with the FCS? Is there going to be a separate division? I mean, I know there's a lot of theories being floated around from plausible to wild and crazy. So I would say stay tuned. Keep watching the FCS games. You're going to see a lot of good football. Just work it into your schedule and enjoy it. Absolutely. Enjoy what you got while you have it. One shout out here for realignment, and then we'll get to our next question is this. This is the only conference that has my respect. The MAC don't care about your realignment. They do not care about adding or deleting. The MAC does what the MAC's going to do. The MAC is your uncle at Christmas. You're like, how come Uncle John's never been married and he lives in like a one-bedroom apartment, but he seems really happy? That's the MAC. The MAC will – they're just like, we're playing on a Tuesday. We travel on buses to basketball games. It's all we do. We occasionally win our bowl games. So – uh, Mac, I haven't heard one one well, piece of news about them. So to be fair, there's no other Mac. directional Michigan schools to pull. There's no other random cities in <laughs> Ohio with a, a college to pull. So Mac's yeah. tapped out. So if you got your your school's named after a city or a directional Michigan, you can get in the Mac. There's no more of those. The Mac can't go anywhere. They're kind of that landlocked. They're like Lesotho out there in uh, you know, landlocked by South Africa. You can't get anywhere. Yep. The Mac is what it is. Uh, Mac, respect. I love it. Um, in terms of respect, uh, the highly rated, highly sold out, lots of tickets, lots of celebration involves a celebration, guys. And Jason Plotkin, golf clap. Um, I think Jason gives us a question or two every week. He's a huge supporter of the podcast. He tags us in breaking news. So, Jason, love you, my man, and thank you for uh, putting this out here for us. His question is, how critical is it for Jackson State to get off to a 1-0 start in the post-Coach Prime era? And do we feel the SWAC needs that win over South Carolina State in light of their Celebration Bowl shortcomings? Or does this game not matter much because it's all about the Celebration Bowl at the end? Yes, we've had a little miak dominance, I would say, you know, uh, over the SWAC here the last few years, especially over Coach Prime. But how important is this game, Jamie? How important how much does this matter? It matters a lot for Jackson State because they're coming off. It's their first game after they lo lose a ton of players. They lose Coach Prime. Now they hired a coach. They didn't hire, you know, an ad man who's going to be a hype guy. There's a great recruiter. And, and Coach might be a great recruiter, but Prime's a great recruiter. Prime's an okay coach. And it has been proved in each of the last two Celebration Bowls, um, one of which is against Buddy Pugh and South Carolina State who just took them to the woodshed two years ago. And then last year, Davius Richard just with North Carolina Central just out did them, you know, in a back and forth game. 
So we got to we're going to see what does Jackson State have, and it's very important for them to get off to this a good start because if they don't win this game, there's just going to be a lot of, of voices saying, "Oh, see, this team is nothing without Coach Prime. Is nothing without Shadur Sanders," and that's not necessarily true. There's still talent there, but it's not that over and above talent that's just going to win a game based on their talent. You got to have the coaching. And I do think that FAMU is still the best team in the SWAC, but still the best teams in the HBCUs are in the MEAC, and that continues to be proved over and over um, in the Celebration Bowl. Now, I'll be interested to kind of look at how all of the OOC goes between those two conferences this year and see how that plays out if you get lower-level teams from those conferences. Um, And I didn't do that from last year to see how it played out as a head-to-head kind of thing. But when you're looking at – which conference is better? What are you going to look at? The Celebration Bowl, because that's what matters. That's the headline. So for each of these teams, this is the start to make their mark to can they get back there. Jackson State in. Can they repeat and do it again for a third time without with everything they've lost? South Carolina State, can they bounce back after a rough year and challenge uh, North Carolina Central in the MEAC? Yeah, I think it's really important for Jackson State to win this game. I, I think it actually matters a ton especially because of what Jason said of the post-prime era. Like, if you were already that they've lost the last two celebration bowls, but then when you add in the account that, okay, now Coach Prime's gone, and you go and you lose this big matchup right off the bat, it's like, you couldn't beat us with Coach Prime. You can't beat us without Coach Prime. The SWAC cannot. I, I just think this is really important for bragging rights and everything else. Sure, the celebration bowl can just flip the switch right at the end, of course, when the SWAC comes out if they are victorious, but I think this is a huge matchup. I want to go into so many more details, but it might be our game of the week. So I'll just keep it quiet from here. Rev, what do you think, man? Bragging rights on the line, pride, tradition, everything. What this matchup pretty huge. Yeah. I think Jamie touched on just about everything I was going to say, but yeah, this is, I mean, this matchup is huge from the clout perspective, right? From the media, from the advertising, from the, that sort of perspective, that's where this game is important because again, if Jacksonville State comes out and, and gets beat right off the bat, everybody's going to talk about how they were only good the past few years because of, of uh, Deion Sanders coaching them, which I think honestly isn't the most accurate sort of view of them because he's not, he wasn't a great coach. He was a great recruiter. And you see that with all the amount of people who have left and gone, you know, and have hit the transfer portal since he, since he left. So I, I'll keep it short. I, I think it is an important game. I, I don't even think this is a celebration bowl preview, to be honest with you. So, but I think it is important for Jacksonville State, at least from the from the first, you know, the perspective or perception side of the the game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold as well that this is going to be some sort of a guarantee near the end. But maybe there's some future questions that might line us up for those ones. So, yeah, well, you know, rap videos aside, Willie Simmons and uh, Florida A and M are mm-hmm. going to be the team in the the swag for me. I, I think that team. I mean, make the playoffs a couple years ago, but after losing to Coach Prime and and Jackson State in a close game early, but I think that's the team to watch in the SWAC this year, and that's the team that could give North Carolina Central, in my opinion, coming out of the MEAC a, a challenge, and I think that'd be a very interesting, fun game to watch. It's gonna be fun uh, as our new conferences there rev, meaning we have to switch our podcast name again and update and switch things around. I feel for you in that sense, boy. Uh, you know, they might rename the FCS one day to something else, but you know, that's just an easy tweak on our end for you though. We got one final question in the big seven from our great friend, Mr. Brandon Owens of cocky nation. Enjoy your first FBS experience. Who? <laughs> Jeez, Jamie dropping the M M&M and M. Love you, buddy. Uh, he's Brandon wants to know, is the United above the coastal to start the season above the SoCon or on the same level on the SoCon? So where is the United conference? Um, to start this season, Rev, tell us where it's going to stand. They're better than Conference USA. Uh, no, I mean, let's let's just uh, <laughs> be honest here. Like, they're not better than the SoCon. They're not better than the, the Coastal. And it's just the fact that while you have great teams in Eastern Kentucky, you have a great team in UCA, you've got a question, you know, a team you don't know what you're going to get out of Austin P or Stephen F. Austin. The bottom of the conference drags them down with uh, with Utah Tech, with Harold, even Charleston State, who's just not there yet. Abilene Christian is going to be – I mean, Abilene Christian has been better with them, but still, you know, I think 
yes, the CA coming pretty watered down, like what the hell adding Bryant of all schools? Like I get that you're sad that James Madison is gone, but adding a school that has a stadium that's a size, that's less than like a Texans high school football stadium. I just, you're watering yourselves down. But even with the watering down, you've got William and Mary, you've got Delaware, you've got New Hampshire, you've got Monmouth, you've got teams that can perform. I mean, again, yes, they did get five in last year, only four, um, only uh, only one made it past the first round. But I think still, they're still a level ahead. And the SOCON is going to be really good this year because even teams like the Citadel or can't pull down the fact that you've got Sanford, you've got Furman, you've got Mercer, you've got Chatty. You got Western Carolina improving. There's so much talent in the SOCON that the United just isn't there yet as a conference. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you think about the CAA because I'm just going to call it CAA because I just can't get around to calling it the Coastal. Um, and we haven't even mentioned Villanova, who's been two years ago they won the conference. Yep, in a tie with James Madison because sitting right in front of me, I said this guy's going to do a double move later in the game. And sure enough, he did a double move, and we freaking lost the game. But not enough of that. Uh, but still, Villanova, I mean, if they find a quarterback, if Delaware finds a quarterback, if Elon finds a quarterback, Rhode Island has a quarterback, William & Mary has a quarterback. So the CAA is still a pretty good conference. And all of those teams that made the playoffs last year, yes, only one went any distance, but they all lost when they should have, if you look at it. Mm-hmm. As far as the SOCON, Rev really hit on it. I'm really high on Western Carolina as, as a dark horse team. Not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but they could make a flush. And just to steal another bit from Rev, the UAC is the SoCon if it were on Wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> because their top teams are pretty good. Oh, so and their good. bottom teams are bad. But the USC is that team. That's a conference that's coming. I'd, I'd say it's kind of on par, maybe better than the Southland, because I think there are more top teams overall. When you go top to bottom, the Southland has two teams and a who. When you look at the United, you've got Austin P, who could be good. You've got Eastern Kentucky, who should be good, but they got ran out of the, the stadium by um, Gardner-Webb last year. You've got Central Arkansas, who Rev and I are both picking to win. Then you've got teams like Abilene Christian, uh, Southern Utah, SFA, before you even get to the bottom feeder. So it's a good conference. It's definitely not the conglomeration of crap that it was last year. And the only reason it was a conglomeration of crap last year is because it made no sense and they were all over the place. So we all know that I've moved that term to the big South OBC. But, yeah, I do see the United as a good conference, but it's still not on the level of those uh, those other two that, that uh, Brandon asked about. Yeah, Kevin's going to love us because we got a lot of SoCon love and we've given him a lot of smack and a lot of given a lot of crap over the last few years. But uh, we're high on the SoCon, so if they all fall apart, you can blame us for that, but it is going to be very exciting to watch United play out and make sure that uh, Rev will give you a chance for your shout out for him to mention his podcast and everything that he's going to have going on to keep you up to date there. But before we roll out of our big seven guys, one final uh, word from one of our sponsors here, walk on apparel. Got to give them a big shout out. Rev is rocking it right now. Pretty impressive. His Utah tech shirt got the bison up there. So make sure you guys for walk on apparel, the FCS fans nation podcast is brought to you by walk on apparel. Walk on apparel specializes in FCS and mid major apparel and believes that every fan base should have quality apparel options to rep the schools that they love along with receiving a high quality product. 10% of the profit for every sale is donated directly to the school's athletic fund. That is super cool. So visit walkon-.com and use code FCSFANSNATION to get 10% off of purchases for your FCS and mid-major apparel. Limited schools are currently available with new releases monthly. So walk-on apparel, make sure you check it out. Up the fans, up the culture. Thank you, Walk-On Apparel, for sponsoring the show. And, uh, you know, with all these sponsors and everything, uh, it does allow us maybe to be able to, yeah, maybe afford a few more tacos down in frisco who knows it's time to put your money where your mouth is and if you're right put some tacos in there too this is thompson's taco bets oh brian thompson the man the myth the legend i need some workout tips from that guy i tell you what 
Guys, it's time for Thompson's Taco Bet. If you are new to our podcast, we do taco bets, and we pay these taco bets out in Frisco after the championship game. Um, tradition started by Mr. Brian Thompson, good friend of ours. And he is asking this week, and it's based off a fan question, will Fordham be a playoff team this year? I tweaked this one on you guys last second. Uh, I thought it was a little too easy from where I had it. But this is coming to us from Mr. Jason Plotkin again. He said, who amongst the panel is on the bus for Fordham and who is not? Who, what will it take for us to be believers in this team? So I'm just going to ask, will they be a playoff team this year? Basically an auto bid. Start with you, Jamie. Yes or no? Are you in on the Rams or no? Way out on the Rams. No, not even close to the playoffs. Might not even finish second in their conference. I, I just don't see it from them this year. Um, got a lot of reloading to do. And I, I definitely wouldn't ride a bus to Fordham either because uh, that's that's a long ride. <laughs> and Rev, what do you think, man? Do you have any faith in the Rams this season? I don't know. They they brought back uh, some of their weapons on offense, but they've still lost a lot. And Holy Cross is going to just run through that conference. And I just don't think the conference is going to be good enough to even have allow them to sit in that large bid. Um I don't think they'll, you know, they'll have the same amount of wins they had last year. So I think they will actually be on the bubble looking out uh, and falling out versus some other teams from other conferences when you're, you know, you're going to see, you know, the United get two, you'll see the Valley get five or whatever this year. So that's going to cause Fordham to not be in. So I'm just not, I'm not there with them. I think it's just a flash in the pan last year. Normally, this is the moment where Kyle and Jamie just buckle up and go. Matt's not even going to think logically. He's just mad that we both agreed. So he's going to pick the other way. <laughs> but Holy Cross is my outlier here. It's just like, okay, well, auto bid, poof. So then I've just got to have faith in them to repeat last season. I don't think the odds of that are good. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with no. We'll go no across the board. And, uh, we will end up on their social media if they end up making the playoffs and it will be glorious and it will be great. So, all right. The first taco bet out of the way. Um, some recap from our episode in January post natty um, Matt, Kyler and Jamie each said yes to do one of the NDSU or SDSUs win the natty in 2023. And will the Frisco matchup be NDSU versus SDSU again? Kyler and Jamie said, no, Matt said yes. So, we have three taco bets on the board. We're going to get a lot more coming down the line. It's going to come quick, just like the questions. Just because your question is answered quickly doesn't mean we don't care. These are the quick hit questions of the week. All right, guys. Time to go through a little bit of a blitzkrieg here, and we're going to get our quick hit questions out of the way. So our first one comes from us from a Mr. Tim Rask, and we're going to start off you know, tailgate-wise, we will literally answer anything. And he wants to know, he tagged this on to his original question, what is your favorite way to top your burger? Ooh, we got a lot of perspectives here. You got Virginia, you got down there way near the Gulf Coast, you got North Dakota. So what do you think, Rev? How are you topping that burger uh, just to make it perfect? Most important thing on a burger is the cheese. You want to use good cheese on that burger. So I like to do some good sharp or extra sharp cheddar. Just be careful with the extra sharp cheddar. Uh, get some bacon on there. Um, you know, when it comes to toppings on top of that, I'm not a big tomato or onion fan. So I go lettuce, pickles, extra pickles, maybe some ketchup. Um, you know, there's other berries, but that's just my normal. If I'm going to have a burger, that's my go-to sort of thing. I might throw maybe a little bit of barbecue sauce on there, but usually not. It's just usually straight away that way. Mm, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. I, I basically steak is a top food for me, but I'm the person who's like, if I don't have a one and I take, I get a lot of shit for this. I don't have a one. I don't even know if I can eat. The, I eat the steak. I love it. I'll dip fries in a one. So I'll take a little a one sauce. If I have just a standard burger, and I'll just put a nice little circle on it, put the bun on. So that would be the top for my burger. And I know I'm a weirdo for that, but I love it. So it's too good. Jamie, you have anything weird like that? Or are you more normal Ron Swanson down there? I am not at all surprised by your answer. Um, for me, I think perhaps right about the cheese. Sometimes I like to go with a nice blue cheese crust. And then, like, I, I do like a nice slab of onion. I, I don't like tomatoes. I don't even like ketchup because I don't like tomatoes. I don't like ketchup, so I use some mustard. Really? And in the oh. summer, uh, some jalapeno pepper. Oh, a little bit of spice. 
The problem with the burger with onion, though, is that if you have two thick cut onions and your burger looks like Steve Harvey's teeth, and that's just not a good look. So, <laughs> oh, so good. You come here for the food, you come here for the comedy. That's too great. All right, guys, next ones we'll toss out. Uh, any ones that are not football related, everybody answers, but here's some one on one, one ones here. Uh, Jamie, one of your good guys, Danny Johnson here, speaking of the Southland, he says, what team should be added to make it a more dominant conference or is it a conference that should just be busted up and the teams join another conference? So realignment question here, or what saves the Southland? What do you think about it going into 2023? I think the Southland needs to just stand pat, stay where you are. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good conference. It's, it's fun to watch because like, like Rev said, uh, it's the Southland, no D. Um, uh, so that's fun. Sometimes it's, it's like the old, uh, a big 12 where you had the Baker Mayfield versus Patrick Mahomes shootout. If anybody hasn't seen that game, uh, go watch it on YouTube. That I know that was an FBS game, but it was a lot of fun um, back in the day. But if they're going to, if they're going to add anybody, you wait for that big South OVC to break up and you try to steal maybe in Austin P or not. That's not Austin P revise. Uh, take that out. Cause I was stupid. Like a Southeast Missouri because Austin P is not in that. Like a Southeast Missouri, UT Martin, like maybe you try to look at that. But as far as I'm concerned, Southland needs to say what, where it is for what it is. Rev doesn't like my answer. No, they need to subtract and get rid of Houston Christian. That's what the, the thing they need to do. I know some folks think they're going to be a top 25 team at the end of the season, but no, their facilities are subpar. Their team is sub 500 as a whole. They're not going to get the you know they they had bailey zappy at quarterback and the, they've got five wins that year you know it's just it's time to stop this they need to drop back down to d2 and play with schools that are more at their level of football um if they were going to bring someone up from d2 they should bring someone like midwestern state up or uh, central oklahoma um or west texas a&m those would be good ones to add but honestly they don't need to add other teams they just need to get rid of the dead weight that is houston christian Dead weight. All right, Southland, we'll see what your options are. Um, Rev, you asked this question, so here you go. I'll give you two answers. Uh, which game not involving the teams you support are you most excited for? Um, first one's kind of a cop-out, and then the next one I think is pretty pretty legit. But, okay, Montana State going to the Grizz I think is going to be so interesting because of Montana State's dominance the last two years in terms of holding up the big sky. But it's at the Grizz. It's at the Grizz. So I think that can be such an exciting game. And then I'm really excited for really early in the season. We talked about them earlier. Jackson State going to Florida A&M. And Florida A&M has had to deal with the prime time, had to deal with that little bit of edge that they've had. And this one's in Rattler territory. I think it's going to be a rowdy time. I cannot wait to see if the Rattlers get uh, that Jackson State Tiger off their backs. And I'm really, really pumped to watch that matchup over Labor Day. So, yeah, for me, and we talked about it earlier in the episode way at the beginning, it's Central Arkansas and North Dakota State for me, just because that's a really, really intriguing matchup. Because we're going to see, like I said earlier, are we going to, what do we have from North Dakota State's defense against the run? Is it, is it still the same NDSU defense? Can they throw on NDSU? Can NDSU reestablish their run game? Can Cam Miller? put together a passing game. What does UCA's defense look like with a step up? So there's a lot of really intriguing questions around that game. That's going to, when that game is over, we're going to learn a lot about two really good teams in the FCS as we move forward through the season. Uh, so I, I stayed away from, from one that uh, we, we could all probably talk about, but Rev spent his money to go. So I bet I know where he's going. <laughs> yeah. I uh, won't be wearing this color combo uh probably in that week of that matchup so all right next one here guys nicholas deal wants to know eastern has punched above its weight class for a decade plus in relation to its facilities financial fan support etc can they get back to national relevance or is last season a bunch of things to come um answering for almost for kyler here um he does believe that the team will be improved this season um he'll be way better than what you saw last year but they're up against just a brutal schedule and they still have some youth. They got some growth, but they're going to play North Dakota State to kick off. They're going to have to play Southeastern Louisiana. You've got Idaho. You're at UC Davis. You've got Weber State. You got to go to Montana State. I mean, there are some brutal matchups in there. And so he liked uh, where Jamie put them. Jamie had them ranked about 54th this year out of the 127 teams. He felt that that ranking was fair. So let's see what this season brings. I bet we see a little bit of improvement. 
And then let's see after the Jackrabbits destroy everybody. Let's see what happens in 2024 and if Eastern kind of gets back on the back on the train. Speaking of the Rabbits destroying everybody, Joshua Hoffman, a Rabbit Jackrabbit fan, he said, can I be Kyler Neal's sub for a week this year? Yes. And also, speaking about subs, where's the best place to get subs to eat? Ooh, good question. I like this. Um, so I'm from North Dakota, so Jersey Mike's came in, and it's like now the third option that exists up here. And I really like the Jersey Mike's, so I'll go with that one because we don't have anywhere local. Um, what do you think, Jamie? You're out in Virginia. Where are you going to go get a sub at? Yeah, I mean, from a national change standpoint, I'm definitely going to go with the Jersey Mike's. I really like um, their number 13, large, Mike's Way. Uh, just FYI, uh, really enjoy that one. Uh, we have a nice little sub place here called it's called Mimos, a kind of an Italian restaurant, but they make a really nice cheesesteak. So if I if I want something that's not just chain, that's where I'm going to go around here. Beautiful, Rev. Where are you filling up the stomach for a sub? You know, I've never been to Jersey Mike's. I need to go give it a try. It's we good. Don't really have, yeah, we don't really have any good. I mean, so like we have the national chains down here, but I mean. You want a good, you want a good sub. The answer is not a sub. You want a po' boy. You want to go to New Orleans. That's what you want to put in your belly. Is a good, is a good uh, roast beef with debris gravy po' boy from one of the great little mom and pop places in New Orleans. You don't, you don't want a sub. You want a po' boy. Let's just, let's just get that right. That is beautiful. Well done. Okay, when I'm ever down there, Rev, I'll give you the last one here for Mr. Seth Meyer. Seems to happen every season. So, what team or teams not currently ranked in the polls do you think can go all the way up to a top eight seed in the playoffs, like Samford, ETSU, Sac State, and others have done recently? You hate preseason polls, or you don't think they should happen? But who's a team that you think can jump way up that nobody's thinking about? The University of Central Arkansas. This is the Bears pod. This is the Bears yeah. pod. And I'm, they are just, I think everybody is sleeping on them because of what they couldn't do last season. They have the talent to do it. I don't think they'll be a top four seed, but you could easily see them slide into that sort of where Incarnate World last year was last year is like a seven seed, you know, in that, that sort of range easily with, uh, especially if they're able to go up to Fargo and do what they need to do against the Bison. That's, that's it's such an easy bet. It will be interesting to see how it plays out, but we've got week zero games to worry about for now, and that includes a game of the week. This is the matchup you should be paying attention to. This is the FCS Fans Nation game of the week. All right, guys, we've brought them up a lot on this podcast. Well-deserved, of course. South Carolina State versus Jackson State. ABC primetime television. With no Deion Sanders, but this is going to be a great one, guys. It's going to kick off um, a repeat of the Celebration Bowl from last year. And that leaves us with uh, an opportunity for some game predictions. Jamie, what do you think, my man? This is actually a really intriguing Week Zero game because I think you've got a team that wants to bounce back from a bad year, which South Carolina State after uh, winning the Celebration Bowl the year before. And then you've got Jackson State, who's had two great years in a row that had a mass exodus. I think, gosh, it's, it's actually hard. So I'm going to go ahead and say Jackson State still got enough talent to win this game by a field goal. So I'm going to go with the Tigers, um, which, you know, is kind of a Uno reverse card on what I was thinking probably an hour ago. But as I think about it a little bit more, I kind of feel like there's still enough talent there. And South Carolina State has to, to get back into their, their groove. It's I think we're looking at an excellent game, but I'm going to take the Tigers. Yeah, I do apologize on the screen. I, I have it as versus Jackson State, and I'll hide it and switch it. it the, the game is uh, Jackson State Tigers at South Carolina State. So just to, to make it clear there. And Rev, what, uh, what do you got? At least on paper, that's what it is. So Rev, what do you got? I would like to point out that all the times I've been a guest on this podcast, I have never missed on the game of the week prediction. So just saying, so you know, oh, here we go. I, and I say that I'm picking South Carolina State. I think this is the bounce back that they need. I think Jackson State's launch. You have a new coach coming in. You that first game, you're you're they're not going to be ready. South Carolina State is going to be ready. You know, Jackson State struggles with the MIAC. We've seen it like it's on it's on paper. You can go look. So I think this is a South Carolina State sort of game. I think Jackson State is going to have a horrible, horrible media day on Sunday because of the results of this game. And also, too, when you look at all the week zero games across FCS, this is probably the best game out of all of them. 
you don't want to watch uh, UMass and New Mexico State. You want to watch this. So make sure you're taking time sitting at home and checking out this game because it is definitely worth the watch. And it's actually in Atlanta. It's a neutral site game. Yeah, Center okay. Park Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. I apologize for that. 7.30 Eastern. I knew I knew when I switched those teams, and I was like, does it matter, though? Well, it does matter on paper, but, you know, it's at a neutral site. So, okay. Um, wow. Uh, I, I was kind of up the, uh, the same idea that Rev w- or that Jamie was thinking is. I thought it was going to be so easy for me to go with South Carolina State, but you know what? I'm also going to go with Jackson State. I think there's enough there, and I think that there's going to be some sort of almost almost like an ideology like shift and change of like we're still here and what happened last year. I just think there's a lot to the mental game in the locker room. So I'm going to take Jackson State. I'm going to take him by a touchdown. We'll take it. Uh, we'll go 31-24, and we'll take Jackson State to win that game. So. Yeah, and just because I'm, I'm a shill for it, Center Park Stadium is also uh, the former home of the Atlanta Braves. They, and it's a place where Jamie's going to go whip Georgia State this year. Oh, we see the best thing about this podcast, and I say it all the time, is that Jamie's going to get his Dukes in just a little bit, which they deserve. They were good for the FCS. All right, gentlemen, what is good is a episode two of our season seven podcast here coming to an end. And uh, we want to, again, say thank you to our sponsors, Walk on Apparel and the Versus Sports Simulator. Remember, use promo codes FCS Fans Nation with both of those for discounts, 20% and 10% across the board. So Walk on Apparel and Versus Sports Simulator, thank you so much for your guys' support. Um, we took on these sponsors because we're good friends with the people who run the businesses, and we, hopefully this will help them out and help them grow for sure. Our good friend Lauren Smith, admin extraordinaire, graphic designer, everything else under the sun. Um, he did just kick off the Pick'em Challenge on our Facebook and Twitter page. So if you're interested in doing the FCS Fans Nation Pick'em Challenge, which goes every year, predicting games throughout the season, make sure you get on and get signed up over this next week. It is pinned to the top of our page, which if you're not part of our page and you just listen to this podcast, you should join the FCS Fans Nation Facebook page and you should follow us on Twitter for funny content, up-to-date, in-depth uh, analysis this podcast team series playoff challenges everything under the sun it's a great place to be so that being said that will bring us to a finale for this episode and i have to give the rev a nice little golf clap thank you for hopping on for us we're going to have you a bunch more this season um i'll give you the stage my man to lead us into week zero yeah thanks for uh thanks for having me and um that was a good replacement for kyler because he is one of the best and probably buddy for what you're doing uh, yeah, so <clears throat> did mention there is a now for the third year in a row new name podcast for the United Athletic Conference. You can find it on the same channel. You know, come watch it uh, around the United or around the UAC. I haven't decided if I'm going to abbreviate it or not. I hope to have some of these guys on there also to come talk football because they're both so knowledgeable on the sport. Um, you know, week zero is kicking off. Make sure you like and subscribe. And I think we can end it, guys. What do you think? Absolutely. And you said it well, Rev. Uh, if you're not following us on Spotify, if you don't subscribe Spotify or Apple, make sure you do on YouTube. The YouTube channel itself, unlike Spotify, Apple from this specific podcast, gives you access to Rev's podcast, the SDSU podcast, and a lot of other content down the board of college football and the FCS. So FCS Fans Nation Network on YouTube is a great thing to do. And hey, we appreciate you and everybody else who's listening to us. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Week zero kicks off this weekend. Crack some beers, put some A1 sauce on a burger, and enjoy it, guys. Catch you on the next one. Boom. Thank you for listening to the FCS Fans Nation podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred listening platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or even YouTube. And make sure to follow our FCS Fans Nation social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the premier podcast for FCS football. Boom. The Basco sauce for that line in the back. <laughs> Who would have thought? Not me. Not me.